really told myself, you cannot control this. It is not your responsibility. Be good to yourself in the night. Practice compassion. Have a plan for when you're up that feels enjoyable and fun. Yeah. I told myself all the education you've taught me and then just really tried to say, like, be kind, be gentle. What a change has been so profound that I look full at the problem in the face. Like, okay, insomnia, do your worst. I'm not running from you. I'm not going to be scared. It's just something that's just so simple. Like the truth, the truth has to be simple. Otherwise, it's not the truth. I was so trapped in my head before. When I say my whole life changed, like my whole life changed. I'm Coach Daniel, and this is a Sleep Coach School. Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another really special talking time. So we have Emma with us. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. And so, yes, for those of you who don't know Emma, you remember our Insomnia Immunity program and you graduated from that. And you're actually now doing some coaching yourself, helping people, particularly with like perimenopause insomnia. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Perimenopause and menopausal insomnia, which I don't think, by the way, is different from ordinary insomnia. But I think that there is a sleep disturbance that happens at that stage of life often. And it's important to have like a supportive community of women to kind of face those challenges together. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally agree. And I'll put a link to Emma's Instagram as well as Facebook for anyone who wants to get in touch. And with that said, tell us about like, how did you start having trouble sleeping out? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say I don't believe in the word good sleeper, but I was never a good sleeper. In that, even as a kid, I kind of was it was a lot sleeping on the couch. My parents were divorced and I was kind of an anxious kid, kind of my story goes pretty far back in that sleep was never something that was super easy for me, I would say. And, you know, although, of course, now I agree, I believe that it's a passive process of our body and it's not something we force to have happen at all. But I would say that I struggled a bit kind of from a young age. It wasn't really. And like I had anxiety. So like as a kid, for example, I would the night before I remember my driving test, I was up, you know, all night long, like thinking about that and worrying about that. And I was very in my head as a kid. So that, you know, affected my sleep. But I never really got into the actual, I would say, struggle with insomnia until after grad school. I'm a a licensed professional counselor and I went to grad school. Everything was good. And then I started this really, really hard job as a therapist for kids who were in the system who had sexually acted out and offended. And this was about 15 years ago, I want to say. And it was just a very high stress, high pressure type of job where I was taking the kids to court and really and worried about their well-being and whether they were going to be removed from their homes. And I was also providing family therapy in some homes that felt pretty abusive and really negative and hard. So I started to really struggle with sleep then. I also lived in a top floor apartment in the middle of Denver in the city and the sun had come pouring in. It was super loud. It was just like this perfect storm of I was already anxious. I already was a perfectionist and I was doing this super high pressure, high stress job that I felt I needed to perform for. And I was also driving all around the city, like to all these people's houses and in sort of like these rented cars. So I was in traffic like all the time too. And so I, yeah, I got to this point where I was starting to sleep like one to two hours a night, sometimes no hours a night. 
was a very, very acute, really tough time where I was worried, like, am I going to have to leave my job? Like, am I going to have to go on medical leave? Am I going to crash one of these cars with the kids in it? A very scary period for me. And And sorry to jump in there, but Emma, but at that point, was it just like so much stress in your life that you barely slept? Or was it all really like a fear of not sleeping that was keeping you awake? Yeah, good question. So at first, I would say it was, you know, the stress of like, there's, there's so much going on. And I think that was also around the time I went through a pretty big breakup as well. Like there was just a ton going on for me. And then it became a fear of not sleeping pretty quickly, I would say it became this fear. So I started to try a lot of things as those of us with insomnia do. So I tried to get on SSRIs. I tried to get on trazodone. I tried acupuncture. I tried yoga. I tried blackout curtains. I tried blue light blocker glasses. I think even back then, maybe that was, I definitely tried those later. I tried like an eye mask and I, I tried all kinds of different things to control my sleep and make it better. And it became something I started to like obsess about and talk to family about a lot. And I started to really think like there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my inability to sleep. And I went to a lot of doctors, therapists who were like, they didn't really know. It was a lot of like, continue to course, like practice the sleep hygiene and try this supplement, try this medication. Maybe it's an issue in hormones, or maybe it's an issue, some other kind of illness we haven't diagnosed. It just made my anxiety really spiral. All the things I sort of tried to help with the sleep. Thanks for clarifying that and a common story. But this was again, like 15 years or so ago. Yeah, this is when it started. And Yeah, this was the worst. So I actually was lucky enough to I have a really amazing aunt who also suffered from insomnia. And She obviously had never been exposed to like NADA or the teachings of this, but she was super wise. And something she told me was like, when you're awake in the night, make it like, don't try and control sleep, like make it like a fun party for yourself. That probably what those probably more her words. But she was essentially like, you know, have some cool stuff planned for yourself, like watch some movies, watch, you know, read some magazines. I think we started watching a stupid show like Jane the Virgin together or something that I maybe it's not stupid. I don't remember. But us, but I would watch that in the middle of the night and just felt like kind of comforted and like, okay, I have a plan for when I'm up in the night. And so I think that was the beginning of me starting to feel some kind of like some more acceptance around sleep and insomnia. But obviously, that was kind of like a little tidbit of the education that I really needed to really heal. But getting that did really help me and help me just that kind of come out of I started to sort of embrace wakefulness. And it started to help me come out of that spiral that I was in of worrying about sleep and feeling like I needed to control and fix it. And it wasn't totally better. But it was like, oh, I think as I started to embrace the wakefulness, I started to sleep a little bit more, a little bit better. And I started to freak out a little bit less about it. But the struggle didn't end there. Thanks for sharing this. And it was like your aunt basically described like befriending wakefulness, which is remarkable. And I wanted to just ask you again for people in the audience here, not that it actually matters, but I think for the sake of the story, it can be nice to know this, that stretch where you were like, things were really difficult and really struggling. Like how long was that stretch? 
Mm, that's a good question. I want to say that like that stretch was a few months to maybe a year that I was really, really struggling, like bad, bad. But I would say that like it's not it, it wasn't like it got it was maybe like, OK, zero to one to two hours a night. And then maybe that was only a few months. And then it would be like the up and down kind of the yo-yo where some nights it would be like that. Some nights it would be a little longer. And I think that went. I mean, that went on essentially until I met you and found your program. But I would say that sort of started after, yeah, maybe a few months of being in the absolute thick of it, the worst of it. There were years and years then of kind of yo-yoing and times where sleep felt really elusive and really like terrifying and I was super focused on it. And then times where I wasn't as focused on, I mean, it was always there. It was always something that I thought, like, this is the thing. This is the one thing that if I could fix it in my life, my life would be better. And I always felt like it was this elusive, like, thing I couldn't figure out. And on the nights where I would sleep, what I thought was eight hours or whatever, I would be like, ah, oh, the world is amazing. I felt like I could function. And obviously, I was telling myself a lot of stories and as well at that point. But it was this like, I could just get this thing under control. I could really like live my life and not just be sort of surviving in my life. Yes, yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. And before we go kind of forward in the story, just one last question on kind of like that really difficult part. So those months where you were like, well, you remember sleeping almost nothing or maybe just an hour and you were consumed with this worry, like, were you still going to work? How were you functioning during the day? Oh my God, I have no idea how I was honestly functioning. I was still going to work and I think I was running on just adrenaline. Like I was getting up and running a bunch and like my body, I was drinking so much caffeine and like just, I mean, somehow I hadn't found that as a sleep control tactic to not drink caffeine, but I was amped up and I was like continuing to kind of amp myself up. I think I was just in survival mode of like, I just have to get through this. And yeah, it was a very stressful, it was a very stressful time. And I was somehow functioning. I don't know how I did it, but I did. And obviously, I do know that our bodies can operate on little sleep. We are actually very capable of operating on little sleep. I did happen to crash one of the cars at one point, which was a really stressful thing that I also linked to like it's probably because you haven't slept that you crashed the car. So that added, I think, to the like, oh my God, sleep is associated with you not performing. You not sleeping means you're not going to perform, which is that story that I had from a super young age in my mind. It was always, and I think we're all told this, like you need to sleep before your test. You need to, before your cross country meet, you better get some sleep. And that was for me as a kid who was anxious, that felt like just so much pressure, like for this thing that obviously none of us can control. Yeah, 100%. I know this is a very, like a strong word, but in a way we are sort of like brainwashed, like from a earlier age, because we hear that so much. But the other thing I just want to point out real quickly was, I, I get this question so often from students, clients, followers, they're like, Daniel, like, how can people go on like this? Because I'm, I'm hardly sleeping. How do people do that? And when I ask the question, I always get the same answer as you, you provide, which is that, I don't know how I did it, but somehow I muddled through it. So for anyone out there, it is possible. I, we don't know exactly how, but it, we can do a lot even when we sleep a little bit. Let's continue the story. So 
your aunt provided you this like words of wisdom and you started sort of like looking at Wakeless differently and things settled it down. At some point you left that job, I'm guessing, or, or, or actually just take us forward in the story. What would you say happened? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I wanted to say about that, because it reminded me when you said like muddled through, like I think I actually did really well at that job. Like even though I was like, oh my God, I'm ruining everything. Like I I did really well. I was advancing in my career. And so what eventually happened was one of my supervisors sort of recommended me for another role at another place where I was a supervisor because I was actually doing well somehow with all that insomnia happening. It was sort of like a group home type situation where I was, it was another incredibly high pressure job where I was the supervisor of this this place that was kind of it was almost like an orphanage but it was a group home for kids who also were in foster care or were waiting to be adopted or had a lot of issues and it was just a, an incredibly hard job where the kids would attack the staff all the time and i was supervising the staff but i was also in charge of the kids they would attack me all the time there were not set hours so i would be there super late just trying to deal with crises. Kids were trying to kill themselves, running out into the street. I would come home every night and sob from that job. So therapists who are listening to this, like the early jobs you have in that career are just freaking brutal. So that was my sort of, I guess that was more like actually my third job in the field, but that was very stressful. And I don't think my sleep, it wasn't as acute as what had been going on before. My Sleep was also definitely struggling then because it was also something where I was working 12 hours a day. I felt a lot of pressure. It was my first time managing people. It was just a really scary situation for me in all ways, I would say. I was scared of what would happen to the kids. I was scared of what they were going to do to me and the staff. And it felt very out of control. And I don't think this place was run very well. It later got shut down. It was just kind of a mess. But yes, so I left. So anyway, struggling with sleep all through that time, I finally decided to leave. And I guess it was like nine or 10 years ago or something to go out on my own in private practice, which was also incredibly stressful. And I didn't, was not making money during that time and felt a lot of stress and was kind of up in the night and worried about setting up that whole thing. So yeah, I guess the story is sort of like, it just kind of with these high pressure job situations I was in and and my own stress around money and career, like it just sort of continued. I think another thing that sort of helped me was hearing my dad tell me like in some of his early work, he's a law professor, but he said that in some of his early jobs, he had the exact same thing. And that made me feel less alone because I think I was really feeling completely alone. Like there was no one else I saw around me going through this. Like it just People, if there were, people didn't talk about it. And you would say, like, I'm having trouble sleeping. And people would be like, oh, you know, why? Or like, you know, oh, and then or they would make like a big deal about it. Oh, my God, like, that's awful. And what are you going to do? And have you tried this? And have you tried that? So I think kind of some normalization helps. But I didn't get, I would say, a lot of that during this time as well. So, yeah, I totally hear it was, you know, there was continued stress, which course keeps all of us awake but then there was also this like there was also definitely a fear of not sleeping there that there was the insomnia component also that added a lot to this and you described how like through many many years it was 
was it would you say it's kind of like waves or or was it more like acute episodes of struggle and or what was it like yeah yeah that's a good question i would say it definitely maybe was waves because there were periods in my life where i was like wow i think when my partner and i started living together for like a year or two i was like hmm this is actually maybe it's not consuming my life in the same way that it once was. And I thought like, oh, it's because our bedroom's in the basement and like cool down here like that. Maybe that's it. But actually, after a bit of time living together, I started sleeping on the couch because this later and I, you know, I, I told you this when we went through insomnia immunity together, that became kind of like a sleep tick that I had was like sleeping on the couch. So even after a little bit of time of us living together, I started to sleep on the couch. And because I think that I thought the snoring was an issue. And I actually kind of can't remember like why it started. But I think I would just wake up sort of in fear and be like, okay, I, I got to go to the couch. The couch feels safe. I got to read. I also think I started to hear about CBTI back then. And even then, a lot of my friends were like, you should just do CBTI. You should try it. So I sort of like taught myself the method and was like, okay, well, you know, whenever I'm up, I will get out of bed instantly and go do something else. When it became this other like high stress, high pressure situation to like get out of bed and do something else. So I think that was sort of, I mean, and that was a long time ago as well when I started that habit of like get out of the bed, get to the couch. And then the couch became it was like what I delegated to sort of, it became like, okay, if I'm on the couch, I'm safe and I don't have to worry about sleep anymore. And then I would sleep all right on the couch, but I got really confused about like, well, why can't I sleep in the bed? Why is the couch the only place that I can sleep? Like, what are my issues? Is it something about the light or the temperature or the snoring or sleeping with someone else? And so obviously, I now know that that was the couch was something I kind of was delegating the responsibility of sleep to and it didn't have to do with those other things. But yeah, anyway, I can't remember your original question, but it definitely progressed. At times it was better, at times it was worse, but I continued to sort of believe like there's something wrong with me for not being able to sleep and my sleep is like my issues with sleep are different from every other person's issues with sleep. And it was so lonely and so isolating. And everyone thought it was, I was kind of embarrassed too, like about like, I sleep on the couch. Like that's like, why? Like people would think like, oh, is there something, would people think there was something off in my relationship or whatever? So yeah, it, it was like this dark thing. I just tried to like sort of push away, like all my issues with sleeping. It was like, yeah. I tried not to really look at it too much, but it definitely was impacting my life as well. It did feel super lonely and it also felt like I had to make different arrangements or plans all the time. I had to not go to social events super late or I had to, because I was obsessed, started to become again, like more obsessed with figuring out sleep. And I would say throughout this whole time, there was this focus for me of like, how can I hack sleep? Like, how can I figure that out and solve it? Yeah, no, you said it very well said. And I randomly read this book about like how to smoke in cessation by this guy named Alan Carr. And he said, I just randomly have it here next to me, like this book, 
because he often recommended it and thought I could, I could learn from it. And it was very interesting because there's so many similarities between what we teach. But anyway, long story short, what he said himself, he stopped smoking after 30 years or something like that of smoking. He said that the biggest benefit for him wasn't actually health benefits or that he was saving money. It was that he finally felt free. It wasn't like cigarettes were no longer deciding how he lived his life. And that's where, you know, we're going to get there in the story, of course. But what I'm hearing so far is that you had this intense struggle. Actually, even from early childhood, it was kind of this brainwashing and there was a little bit of fear. Then there was like this intense episode of like really, really strong fear, which subsided much thanks, I think, to your to aunt. But you were not completely free. There was always this lurking fear in the background that kind of like it was stronger at some points, less at some points, but it was always there. You were not you know, free from that, which then I think, you know, we can take it to like, when did, when, how did you come across like what we teach? What was, when did that? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's so interesting what you say, because I think that insomnia and OCD, like they, there's so much parallel with addiction, you know, like, like being in this struggle of resistance that I think that is, that is the, the theme of all of it. Um, and I was always, you know, another thing that kind of made this hard that I want to mention is that I, you know, I am and was a therapist as well. So I sort of felt like, like, and I practiced mindfulness, like that was what I taught. And I sort of felt like, well, God, I should have this figured out. Like, this is, you know, what I'm constantly talking about with clients is like acceptance and, you know, those kinds of things. But when it came to myself, it was totally different. So. Anyway, that's kind of a tangent, but yeah. So I kind of continued on the struggle and of course was functioning, but there was always this obsession with sleep going on inside me. And it was like, yeah, that hidden struggle. And then I would say like I was... Amazing. So glad you found us. And I have to thank Chris Lippius or anyone, whoever it was. Thanks so much. So yeah, initially you're just like hearing these stories to give you a sense of like, it is possible, you know, which was that hope and hope so nice to feel, of course. And then you joined... What would you say, like, was it mostly kind of like the actual sort of education part, like learning things that was helpful? Or was it more like interacting with people who were on the path or had already left the struggle? What helped you the most, you would say? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think it was a combination. So I think part of it was the education. And that was maybe my first foray because I read like all your books instantly and, you know, was looking at the bedtime app and stuff like that. So sort of that was my first like toe that I dipped in was hearing the folk stories and then some of the education. And it helped me to do sort of like the gentle sleep window. And it helped me a lot to sort of recognize that I had good days when I didn't sleep very much. And I had some bad days where I slept a lot and to sort of like disentangle the story that I was telling myself that this is something that I, that sleep was something that I needed, that I was not getting, that it was like, this negative thing in my life or that my lack of sleep was causing all these problems. So I think that helped. But I actually believe that, you know, one of the reasons I didn't like kind of go through with the bedtime app was that I was like, I really need some community. Like I need interaction and to really feel like I'm not alone because that was the thing that the podcast gave me was like, oh, when I listened to the podcast, I felt so, so good and so much like hope. And so I joined Insomnia Immunity and just having the people, having the chat, feeling like I could have a place to shoot off a message and say, like, I'm really struggling, you know, or I have this question or this thing is happening for me or how, and then to have you 
or Coach Michelle, like, shoot me back a message and be like, it was so thoughtful and so like beautiful. And it would just bring me like all this comfort. And I was like, oh, okay. And then oftentimes I would sleep after that. It would be like kind of this instant medicine, (laughs) which obviously not that. But and then I think kind of having, yeah, so having that community, having the support, having like this roadmap of like what I'm going through is normal and there's a normal way of kind of healing and emerging from this and coming out of it. Those are, I think, the things that helped me the most. And yeah, I would, yeah, the support, the education, but I sort of needed all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so glad you joined. And that was helpful, of course. And then now, would you say, you know, of course, people are going to be curious, like, okay, so, you know, what's next? Did you start sleeping really well? Or was it more like relief that was it more like how you, things felt during the day that was a really change for you? Or like, what do we say to people who have those questions? No, those are great questions. Because yeah, I always was really curious about that as well. I would say I started, like, you have kind of the roadmap that you lay out, right? And I started to be in the I was like becoming sort of aware of, okay, I'm in this, I'm in sort of like the yo yo phase. I remember one of the first things that happened for me that got me really excited was I was in a meditation and, you know, I had always been like, how to meditate to, you know, conquer this insomnia, <laughs> which was totally the wrong approach to go in the meditation to, with. But I remember being in this meditation after starting like the gentle sleep window. And I was slowly like drifting off in the meditation. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, like, because I never would have in the past, like, because I associated meditation with like, I need to fix it. It was like, I was in hyper vigilance during meditations usually. And yeah, but I actually started to drift off. So I was like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like my body can sleep. It's not just this hurried, frenzied, oh my God, I pass out kind of thing. It was just this like natural process. And so I started to really pay attention with the the gentle sleep window to like, wow, it's 1130 and I still have another hour or whatever to stay awake. And I'm like so freaking tired. Like all I want to do is go to sleep. And that was such an amazing revelation for me. So I think that sort of that started. And then I think it was like a yo-yo. Like it would be, you know, I would have times of recognizing that. And then I would have a lot of times where I was like, but my insomnia feels different. And it feels like I'm never going to be able to accept this. And how can you accept something so awful and painful and I'm awake in the night and I don't want to do anything and I'm in pain and because I you know I have like some neck issues and stuff so which I've also later talked to you about which you've helped me with immensely as well but it would be like just the act of acceptance felt really really hard sometimes even though cognitively I was like immediately when I saw it I was like that is the way out of this but it felt so hard to be in it and I just want to say that to anyone who's listening to this is that I would listen to all these podcasts and it it would sound like, oh yeah, now they're, you know, spiritually awake and they can sleep perfectly. And, you know, how like the they don't talk a lot and about that part of just like when you're in it can still often feel, even if you have this community, it can still sort of feel like, you know, but my situation might be a little bit, a little bit different or a little bit harder, or maybe these people have only dealt with it for a year or something and they had good sleep before. So I still had those times of wondering, like, could this work for me? 
and and also really feeling just that like I'm in the struggle and I see I'm in the struggle and I can't get out of the struggle and then having to even accept that like I couldn't accept which was like, like another layer of like oh my god I'm of kindness I think that's what this whole program is ultimately about is this kindness toward ourselves and our emotions and the different parts of ourselves that are all trying here trying to protect us so I think that was like that it was a big struggle just even being in the program and I felt weird I remember too because like we had some visitors at the time and I was like sleeping on the couch and texting to the insomnia immunity group and feeling kind of like god these people probably think I'm so weird but you know it was all fine and I think that actually I slept in the bed a little bit during that time. And I think the last thing to go for me was sleeping on the couch. Just... Yeah, you said everything so nicely there. I have nothing to comment on. So actually, why don't we talk about that? So the last thing was sleeping on the couch. You wanted to change that. And how did that unfold? Yeah, I think I remember like talking to you about this as it was going on. And I was like, like, I was so confused about it because I was like, oh, well, maybe I should just accept that like that's where my body needs to be and like I need the couch or something like that but I think when you sort of explained the like sleep delegation concept and we talked about the way meds work because we're not because the meds are like doing some magical thing in our body but because we're like delegating our responsibility of sleep to the meds I realized okay yeah that's what I'm doing with the couch and you gave this gentle encouragement to like just try like to just like be like I'm sleeping in the bed and to kind of like go there and then if I wanted to go do something else in the night when I was awake I could go do it and then this gentle like okay trying to go trying to go to the bed so I started doing that without a lot of hope that would actually work for me again and it slowly did like I would say there were a lot of nights where I still slept on the couch but I was like that's okay. This is a process. And I just started trying to exercise that kindness with myself of like, that's all change happens through gentleness. It doesn't come through this intense, forceful pushing. And so I allowed myself at times to delegate the responsibility to the couch when it felt like I really needed to do that. And then at times I would be like, okay, I'm gonna, gonna try to to just sleep in the bed a little bit. And so I did that. And eventually it, it was like, yeah, because as I said, at first it was like I was sleeping, but I was but I was still sleeping on the couch. But then it got to this point where I could sleep no problem in the bed. And now I can sleep no problem in the bed. And it's been awesome. I thought like my partner snoring would be like, oh, I can just never be there again. But yeah, now now it's not a thing for me. And I don't even think about it. I don't want to sleep on the couch. Frankly, it sounds uncomfortable and hot because we're in Mexico. So yeah, super nice to hear that. And you graduated, I would guess it was like six months ago, but I, I don't have a connection. It was to closer like a year. I think it was like December. Yeah. Is it? Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, I just have two last questions for you. One of them is if you could travel back in time and tell yourself something during that time when you were having a really, really rough time, what would you say to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I thought about this and I think that I sort of feel like it had to happen the way that it happened. And my insomnia has actually like given me so much and taught me so much that I feel in a way grateful for it. And I know we'll we'll maybe talk about that 
as well. Obviously, like you didn't exist at the time. So I, if I could, I would have been like, oh God, go find Coach Daniel and like do his program immediately. I think beyond that, I would have just kind of continued to want myself to know, like, to be gentle and kind with myself. And I was that this wasn't something that was in my control and to make being awake fun and enjoyable for myself and that it was okay if I didn't sleep, like to really kind of let myself know that like, I'm still productive. I'm still functioning. I'm still fine on little sleep. And people like Obama, you know, are as well. Like he says when he was in the White House, he slept five hours a night. And if five hours is good enough for Obama, it's it's good enough for me. And so, yeah, so I think if I could, if I had that information, I would like give this these bits of education of like, humans sleep between five and seven hours a night. And like some of those things, like it's not a, it's not causing you any medical problems that I didn't even talk about that. But that was a whole other like rabbit hole. I went down. Like, what diseases am I giving myself by not sleeping and the stress and the eight and aging myself and all of that stuff? So I think I would have like told myself those things if I could have really told myself, you cannot control this. It is not your responsibility. Be good to yourself in the night. Practice compassion. Have a plan for when you're up that feels enjoyable and fun. Yeah. I told myself all the education you've taught me and then just really tried to say, like, be kind, be gentle. So nice. And actually, there was one other question that's popped up in my mind that I really wanted to ask you. You said at some point you were thinking, if this is one kind of problem in my life and it is sleep. If just that one wasn't there, things would be so much different in my life, which can you speak on that? Because I think, you know, we all know that this arrival fallacy is real for us humans, right? But, but anyway, with that in mind, like what, what do you comment on that? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I always felt like, yeah, if I can control sleep, then my life will be better. Like if I can you know, consistently get eight hours of sleep a night and like that I will be this highly functional person and I will be just feel good and feel energized and feel focused and all that stuff. And I mean, one thing I want to say is like, I don't think I'm like more productive or something now that I'm sleeping more, but I do think that letting go of the struggle has changed my life in measurable ways. So sleeping itself, I don't think has been like this huge thing that's changed me. And now I do sleep. Like I sleep most nights. I sleep like really, I don't want to assign a value to it, but I just sleep. And I actually sometimes, this is a weird thing. I sometimes kind of even miss, I don't miss the insomnia, but sometimes I like miss the like exhaustion of like, oh, I didn't sleep last night. And like everything feels so acute and like, I don't know. There is this like, I don't know. There's something beautiful sometimes about operating when you're really tired. That might sound totally crazy. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, there was like a, a beauty in some of those feelings and intensity and closeness to my emotions that I sometimes felt during that time. And yeah, so I guess that what I would say is I don't think that the sleeping, I was, there was a fallacy of the sleep is going to improve all these different things in my life. It is true that letting go of the struggle with insomnia and healing from insomnia has completely like transformed. Incredible. Incredible. And that, and that segues perfectly into the last question, which is, I usually ask it this way, have you found that 
learning from the struggle with sleep has helped you in other areas of life? And you already said yes, but maybe you can expand a little bit on that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't even know where to start, honestly, Daniel, with this question, because I feel like it's transformed almost everything. As far as sort of like the superficial things go, and they're not superficial, actually, but they're more tangible. I feel this like I can travel places and I'm not terrified. Like travel was always a huge value of mine. And it's what me and my partner do as kind of like nomadic. And so I used to be terrified of like, what are the beds going to be like? And what's da 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 and the light and I'm not going to sleep. And then that's going to mess me up and I won't enjoy the trip. And I'll, I don't know what I really thought would happen. And even going back and being with family, I was terrified of like, I knew the beds weren't comfortable. And it was like, it felt like it limited me so much in terms of just kind of my life and the things I wanted to do. And yeah, so so those kinds of things. And even going out and being with friends and meeting people in new places, like I feel kind of like I have space to do that and availability to do that now in my life. I feel a lot closer to my partner because it is really nice to like sleep in bed together every night and just feel like, oh, we're like a little, you know, animal path kind of in here together. And so that's been like a really nice thing. I think that because I've let go of the struggle with insomnia, I think I have a lot of energy for not because I'm sleeping more, but because I've let go of the struggle, I have a lot of energy for different kinds of things now that I didn't before because I felt like I was just surviving. So like I start, you know, I'm a therapist, I have a private practice, but I started the sleep coaching business. And I'm so excited about it. It's so much fun. And it just brings me joy to do it and to work on it and to help other people. And then, yeah, like making more friends, having a bigger community. I feel like I have the space to hang out with people more. And I'm not like, oh, I need to cancel because I'm so tired and I need to protect my energy and all of that stuff. I took up like I'm doing some personal training now. Just so many things in my life that are fun and enriching feel like they've opened up. And I also feel like I'm able to help people in a different way, like to help clients in a different way, having gone through that and having gotten to the other side of it. It's helped me, I think, yeah, that's how it's changed me pretty much in every way. <laughs> so. no, I, was, I was like thinking in my mind that what Emma said here is like the perfect way to end this podcast you said everything so beautifully and so amazing to hear this so i just want to say thank you so so much for being here and sharing and just being touched thank you so much for everything you've done and thanks for having me anytime that was all for today i hope you found this episode really eye-opening and if you're looking for something more tangible then head over to our website, thesleepcoachschool.com, and you'll find several coaching options where our teachings can be contextualized for you personally. If you decide to join, we look forward to seeing you on the other side.